Kung Fury and his unnamed girl are chilling in a dangerously candle-filled room. There's like candles and open flames everywhere, and the yeah, walls and are made also, of paper. He has uh, wind chimes that are katanas, uh, <laughs> a couple American flags, and a bunch of yeah, a bunch of very very dangerous stuff to have in such close proximity with. Yes. Uh, yeah. His yeah, apartment with is decorated objects. like a um, dojo that someone moved a couch into, but there's also posters on the wall that are like framed magazine covers that are fake um, Kung Fury like Time Magazine Person of the yeah. Year covers, and it's very I love the level of detail in that. Yeah. It's it's like. It's dojo dorm room is what it is. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> exactly that. Hello and welcome to Movie Struck, a podcast about movies and the people who watch them. I'm your host, Sophia Ricciardi, and I am joined today by my dear friend and historian extraordinaire, Blue. Blue, welcome to the show. Hello. Uh, I am so happy to be back. Uh, <laughs> I had a great time with the first one, and uh, now I have a, a much more bullshit pick for my, my second uh, go-around here. <laughs> yes, uh, the very highly um, historically accurate film that we watched, which I guess we should jump into with the question that opens this podcast every time. As soon as uh, I started recording, Ziggy, my cat, jumped up and started screaming. <laughs> meanwhile uh cleo is napping uh we'll see how much longer she is napping for but the possibility of of an interruption uh is is high (laughs) we're at a local minimum but it it could go wild (laughs) yes ziggy's really been interested in eating my microphone recently which has been kind of a problem but uh to to bring it back around to this podcast uh why why blue did we watch kung fury we watched kung fury because sophia you and i have been friends for a very long time we met on the fencing team and <laughs> yes, when yes. i was in charge of, uh, of of the team and specifically our our, our, our saber squad back in the day um we mm-hmm. had a, a sort of tradition that we would we would do with um watching movies as a group to to bring people into the fold at the beginning of the year and the the one-two punch that we did was the princess bride which was a long-running part of the, the fencing club tradition if you got to watch the princess bride breast sword fight <laughs> in go, cinema a, a go-to sword fighting absolutely movie, you know? and then when that movie ends we immediately transition to this movie which is kung fury which is completely the tonal <laughs> inverse yet somehow just as sincere and it was such mm-hmm. a fun experience the complete whiplash and yet it, it just captured so much of like the humor and the enjoyment of being on the fencing team with all of our friends and i wanted to return to that moment and return to a movie mm-hmm. that that i love so much because it's so yeah. silly and so dumb and so absolutely perfect which is kung fury well i'm very excited to talk about it this was also the shortest movie i've had to watch for the podcast so yes. far and coming in at just a tight 30 minutes some of which is credits yeah. <laughs> uh, but there's a lot a lot packed in there. Uh, this film, film has a really interesting um, backstory to its production as well. This was crowdfunded, made almost entirely using special effects by a yeah. Swedish company. And the guy who wrote and directed it also starred in it. So yep. it's yep, really a passion project in a lot of ways. A love letter to like the 80s hokey action movie. Um, and yeah. I think that that will be very evident as we go through the plot of this. But it's just yeah. a good background to have when you watch it to kind of explain just where this sort of thesis of filmmaking came from because it is a love letter to a very specific genre yeah. that I'm very fond of so and <laughs> there's a lot it was of things done, I love in here. It was done in, in a way very 
not not casually is not the word, but I saw a little behind the scenes clip where mm-hmm. um, one of the like Kickstarter uh, rewards that you could have pledged for is that you could be an extra in the movie. So a lot of the extras <laughs> yes. are, are people who pledged on Kickstarter. But what happened was some of them were just there for like the two day shoot that they were like there yeah. for. And some people just like hung around for the whole shoot, just like helping <laughs> out and doing things. So it was a very like communal, like people working together. Mm-hmm. Some people who like had film experience, some people who were just like, I'm here for a good time. And I think it, it's, it's very evident in and how yeah. the, the whole it, cast it's like and a passion project in this, all yeah. senses of the words and it's a very non-traditional approach to uh yeah. like a big studio filmmaking which is interesting because now uh, according to a cursory google search i did like 10 minutes before the podcast the full-length feature film version of this movie that got greenlit right after the 30-minute movie came out with like major american studios is supposed to come out in 2022 i didn't see an exact release date anywhere but yeah, that was uh, the rumor there was a there was a hold up with um one of the the production companies funding it uh mm-hmm. was holding on to like either like 10 million dollars or something and just like didn't pay out so the production just stopped uh, and i i don't yeah. know how they're gonna get back on the ball there yeah, but that's but, that's a movie that yeah. does not yet exist. That's for the future. Um, that's for the future. That's for a future episode if it ever comes out. But for now, we enter Miami, 1985. A group of thugs walking down the street are stopped by a cop who pulls up in his car, and he asks if they have a permit for the guns they're holding, and they, of course, respond, I've got your permit right here, and use a skateboard to flip his car up into the stratosphere and shoot at him with the guns. This is the tone that we will be experiencing for the next 30 minutes or so. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like, it's pure Looney Tunes physics that you put a skateboard underneath the cop car Mm -hmm. and stomp on one end, and it goes flying up in the air, and then you shoot it, and it explodes. It's, it is such a great encapsulation of exactly what the rest of the movie is going to be yeah. and a perfect tone setter right out the gate. <laughs> it tells you immediately what to expect and where your standards should be. Yes. Uh, we cut to outside of an arcade where uh, a man's boombox is playing True Survivor, the David Hasselhoff <laughs> song made for this movie that we will talk about later because we'll we cannot there. derail onto the Hoff <laughs> just yet. But its boombox is tragically stolen from him and taken by another man to a different alley because everywhere in Miami is just a series of dark alleys or... Yeah, and he was, he was shot and it was taken from him too. <laughs> <laughs> you could just assume that any character who's an extra dies within about two minutes of being on screen. Inside the arcade, two teens lose at an arcade game and in frustration kick the machine, which starts displaying fuck you instead of game over <laughs> and turns into a much larger arcade machine. In fact, you would say it turns into a large villainous robot of sorts and it busts out of the arcade into the streets raging and shooting and doing arcade machine on a rampage things you know just a regular tuesday yeah killing a lot of people and flipping off a puppy (laughs) (laughs) don't forget the part Uh, where he flips off a dog (laughs) (laughs) the police arrive to shoot at the machine but it seems to do nothing and they call for backup they need kung fury Also, there's this part in this uh, arcade game raging sequence where he uses it uses a nearby um, parking meter to get a quarter so that it can continue playing itself, yeah. and I just love that detail. Ab- so God, much. It's, it's beautiful. It was so well done. It's like, yeah, of course, <laughs> the robot on a murder spree needs another quarter. Yeah. <laughs> so it's still an arcade machine. If you want to continue, you put the quarter in. Yeah. It's, that's the. The movie has an internal logic to itself. It follows all the rules of like the consistent. 80s action movie. Yeah. Um, it's just ridiculous because it's playing them straight. That, that is the thing with this movie <laughs> is that like none of it would have worked if they weren't completely sincere and completely committed yes. to maintaining this exact tone and this, this logic line throughout where it's ridiculous, <laughs> but it is a consistent ridiculousness. Mm-hmm. 
Yep, the minute yeah. they like nudge, nudge, winked, winked at the camera, the whole gimmick would have been out. But because yeah. they're completely sincere all the way through yep. it, it works. Exactly. On a distant rooftop dojo slash house, <laughs> Kung Fury and his unnamed girl are chilling in a dangerously candle-filled room. There's like candles and open flames everywhere, and the yeah, walls and are made also, of paper. He has uh, wind chimes that are katanas, uh, <laughs> a couple American flags. And a bunch of, yeah, a bunch of very, very dangerous stuff to have in such close proximity with, yes. uh, yeah. <laughs> His yeah, apartment is decorated objects. like a um, dojo that someone moved a couch into, but there's also posters on the wall that are, like, framed magazine covers that are fake um, Kung Fury, like, Time Magazine Person of yeah. the Year covers, and it's very, I love the level of detail in that. Yeah. It's, it's like, it's dojo dorm room is what it is. <laughs> yeah. Yes, yes! <laughs> exactly that. His gal sits on the couch with him and feels his arm, prompting the immortal um, character introductory lines. One of my favorite first lines for a character of all time. Yeah, that's my bicep. <laughs> Which is the voice he does uh, when the phone rings. Kung Fury answers, and a frantic voice on the other end tells him what the sitch is, arcade machine raging downtown. And he hangs up by crushing the phone with his bare hand and stands yep. up to leave. When his girl asks him what he's going to do, he replies in true action hero style, my job, uh, and then busts through the paper walls of his own home, jumps off the <laughs> building, shoots the door of his spunky red sports car, lands in it, and drives off to presumably fight crime. Yeah. He uh, lands, like, the entire height of a building. <laughs> yes. Again, the physics of this movie are rule of cooling it, not necessarily accounting for fall damage. Yep. We cut back to the arcade machine holding up the little dog, giving it the finger. This is where the goofiness of it all comes together. Uh, as Kung Fury arrives, jumping off of his car and onto the robot, punching and sliding down the street. As they begin to fight, the like style of this movie kind of starts to show through. We get to this VCR play and rewind screen as everything sort of fuzzes out. And rather than watching a like solid cut montage of the fight, we enter like a, a more of a piece together, like you're fast forwarding through the action scene montage. So we cut from Kung Fury and the robot dangling from helicopters. They go to space and punch each other space. in front of the moon. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Yeah. It's also a very clever way to, to deal with uh, not having the budget to make an entire fight sequence. Yeah. You can just use use the style of the film and use some clever editing techniques to not necessarily like mask a lack of a fight scene, but to kind of smooth it over uh, and mm -hmm. let the style of the movie be part of the scene wherein you know you could have easily just made it an entire fight scene but it is much more stylistic and much more mm -hmm. like evocative like that 80s thing with like it's 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 the vhs tape yeah. it's it's kind of like winging out it's 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 a very cool trick <laughs> it's also good because it lets them just use all the cool impact shots of the fight scene yeah. like we see them punch each other in front of the moon uh, you know, all of the, like, things that would be the highlight of the fight if you were to see the entire sequence. Um, and I think that that's a neat trick because it lets you condense time while the audience isn't really losing any information because we're getting yeah, all sure. of the hype, the maintaining the energy of the previous scenes without using all of our time to actually show every step of the fight. Uh, it's, it's just a really it's good clever. trick. Um, it's clever. It's it's That's good filmmaking. <laughs> <laughs> Eventually, though, Kung Fury does get the last line in as with a game over, he shoots the robot and ends the fight. 
We get an explosion in the background, freeze frame, Kung Fury walking I, away. I also love that the <laughs> when it's game over and then the, the immediate hard cut to the explosion, Kung Fury is facing <laughs> the complete other direction and is very far away from the explosion when he was just yes. right there facing into it. And that kind of like <laughs> cheesy, like complete lack of continuity between cuts is just there's there's some fun, some fun 80s flair about that. Mm-hmm. Mwah, chef's kiss. We love it. Uh, as he freeze frame walks away from the explosion, we get some Kung Fury narration to learn about what we just saw and, you know, who he is. He explains that he was is a cop who is damn good at his job, his words. Uh, and it all began 10 years ago when he and his partner at the time were chasing a Kung Fu master. They arrested him and as they shared a bonding moment, uh, exchanging the lines, you're the best partner I ever had and you're like a father to me, uh, <laughs> we see the partner get sliced up horizontally. Uh, uh-oh, the arrestees killed his partner in a single blow. Um, <laughs> I love the line where it's like, and then he killed my partner. I could tell he was dead straight off. As you see his partner, <laughs> yep. like, unzipping <laughs> like a jacket uh, from the front uh, and the, the back half of him. <laughs> yep. The God. Kung Fu Master and Kung Fury go to face off before they can fight. Kung Fury was hit by lightning and bitten by a cobra, and he blacked out. And as he blacks out, he sees images of ancient monks and Shaolin temples and mastered all of the Kung Fu. And a prophecy uh, he learns of uh, has a, it predicted a new type of Kung Fu that only the chosen one could master. Uh, he is that chosen one. And we see the movie's title laid out on a scroll <laughs> in the font that it is in the opening credits. <laughs> yeah. Which I get, one thing that confuses me is like, is Kung Fury the style of Kung Fu, or is it specifically the guy? It's kind of inconsistent. I, I, I feel like that's both. kind of the point. <laughs> I, yeah, yeah, I think it's. I think it's both. I think it's both the name. It's kind of like orange is both the fruit and the color. It's like Kung uh, Fury yeah. is both the style and the guy. <laughs> yeah. We also never learned his like name prior to being called Kung no. Fury. So no, it, it, he's, he's yeah, we got just. There's nothing else we can call him. <laughs> he completely falls into his role. <laughs> yes, he's one with his um, prophetic destiny. Back in the alley in our flashback, Kung Fury's body mutates into some sort of kung fu freak of nature, <laughs> and he repels the the master he was previously arresting and realizes that he is the chosen one. Kung Fury grabs the master martial artist and begins another action movie one-liner, as will in, in, initiate every single fight sequence in this movie. Um, this is one of my favorites, though. <laughs> Uh, he asks, knock, knock. And when the master responds, who's there? Because it's only polite to do so. <laughs> you get the most hesitantly delivered <laughs> knuckles <laughs> for punch. <laughs> and the master goes skyrocketing up. Uh, big punch, flip this in the guy... air. The... <laughs> yeah, he goes really high. This comes back later, but I love that whenever he delivers the puns specifically, Kung Fury is always a little unsure of himself. And like, if <laughs> yes. the pun actually makes sense. <laughs> He's having a lot of fun with these one-liners, which calls back very specifically to, like, the classic Arnold Schwarzenegger um, action flicks, where his heroes are always sort of, like, aware that they're saying a joke in the middle of yeah. a serious situation. This happens a lot in, like, Total Recall. <laughs> and so I love that little bit of character yeah. influence. And it's a nice little callback to the movies that they're referencing throughout. Kung Fury lands in a perfect split as the martial arts master lands into a petrol truck that, of course, initiates another big explosion. Uh, that's kind of the structure of most of these fights. Yeah. Martial arts, explosion, Kung Fury gets to make a cool pose. He picks up a strip of cloth from the dead master and becomes the best cop in the world. Kung Fury. 
we cut away from the very dark situations we've been in into bright and cheery Miami montage footage, intercut with some action shots of the cast as we kind of go to a little title sequence for the movie, including um, Triceratops, who is a credited as an as-yet-unseen character. We'll get to that. Don't worry. <laughs> yeah, I, I love that they introduce the character of Triceratops as Triceracop before he shows up <laughs> in the movie. <laughs> yes. it, it almost feels like a mistake, but of course it was incredibly deliberate. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, in a different alley, presumably, that boombox from before is uh, witness to a freak time-space space-time distortion as a shadowy figure arrives in the 80s. Meanwhile, at the precinct, Kung Fury is getting chewed out by the captain for how extensive the collateral damage from his fight was and how expensive it is to the city, yada, yada, yada. Classic, you know, you can't go rogue, whatever, um, to the, Including the a, one cop a on the very off-color gay joke that I didn't actually realize yeah. until I read the subtitles this time around, because I couldn't, I couldn't tell what he was saying the first several times that I watched it. But I watched the subtitles, and I'm like, oh... Oh, I guess they're more chill about that in Sweden. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so it's like, uh, aside from that, like, it was like, oh, but uh, yeah, the rest of it was a very standard, like, you know, chewing out the, the, the loose cannon cop. Yep. But that was the one thing I'm like, oh, you, okay, okay, <laughs> that, that part didn't age so great from, I mean, even in 2016, though, that, was, that wasn't super good, but okay. Nope. <laughs> uh, Kung Fury tries to counter that he's the only one who can do what he does, which does seem to be true from the evidence yeah, given. Yeah, no, that, uh, but the- <laughs> that, that's objectively valid. <laughs> But the captain's like, mm, no, you need to follow the rules. So I'm giving you a new partner, which, of course, prompts the I work alone line. Yep. And we pan over from the wide shot of Kung Fury standing in front of the desk to see that Triceracop, remember that character played by Tri- Triceratops? Yeah, he's here, is also in the room. Uh, Triceracop, who has a very posh accent, <laughs> says posh. hello, very, very polite. <laughs> but Kung Fury flashes back to his last partner uh, getting split in two and insists that he work alone. Yeah, I really love that they, they go to the length of having a flashback for a scene that happened no more than three <laughs> minutes ago in movie oh, yeah. time. <laughs> it's fresh in the mind, but you know, we got to make sure we've hammered home our motivations for these characters. Yeah. Um, the chief says that he has to take a partner or he's off the case. Uh, I assume the case of the arcade machine because we haven't yeah. been shown any other cases so yeah, far. Yeah, and I were, were watching this. She's like, but he solved the case. The, the machine <laughs> got destroyed. There's no more case. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Kung Fury takes himself off the force instead and leaves. More Miami montage. Down at the docks, a man is walking with a very large cell phone. <laughs> For all of our younger audience members, this is like the full chunky plastic boy. We're not even talking flip phone. Go farther back. Um... Yeah. And as he's talking <laughs> on the phone, the line of dialogue is, yeah, I got the test back. It was positive. <laughs> <laughs> and you can clearly hear someone else yelling at him through the phone, which makes the whole yeah, line delivery exactly. even better. Um <laughs> But a gun is put to his head, and he gives the phone to a a yet unseen figure, but we do pan over a swastika for a moment. So the reveal that this is supposed to be Hitler is coming very shortly, Uh, because it is him, and it's a whole thing. He uses the stolen phone to call the police, and uh, after asking to ensure that he has reached the correct line, uh, he yells, fuck you, and starts shooting (laughs) into the phone, which, of course, causes bullets to come out through the receiver on the other end of the police precinct, which we all know is how phones work um, as gunfire breaks out in the station. Kung Fury shoots back at the phone, which stops its uh, raid, but not before the uh, chief does get caught in the crossfire, um, demanding that someone trace that call. (laughs) 
<laughs> Which is also not health tracing a call works. <laughs> Despite one cop's assurance that it would be impossible, uh, one man knows that it is not. And we pan over to see Hacker Man. Pan over the most very pa- slowly. <laughs> <laughs> to see Hacker Man, the most powerful hacker of all time. He looks like every nerd in the 80s. It's great. He's got the big glasses. Yeah, he's got the classic Poindexter glasses, the mullet, whole nine yards. Yep. He gets a little yeah. title. I, I also love that the when they when they go from like the the smooth you know like whatever FPS like camera pan to mm-hmm. like the the hard cut to the the freeze frame and then the hacker man title drops there, there's <laughs> kind of like a jump like it doesn't quite match yeah. up and they, they do that for everyone's introductory cards and I, I feel like this is just a fun touch <laughs> the movie like takes great does something that is kind of fun that a lot of um digital releases now do which is they try to look like they're shooting on film but they take it a step further here where they're like we want this to look like you're watching it on a vcr tape in a basement like in the 80s yeah uh which is an impressive feat because it does really feel like that obviously it kind of feels like a costume of um yeah a vcr tape you can tell it's digital effects replicating some of those familiar yeah. menus and things but the the vibe is still right and it really works to their advantage when they add yeah. those little like glitchy it's also a very clever way to hide some of the the special effects because yeah. if they don't have the budget to do like proper lighting and shadows on a t-rex for instance we'll get there <laughs> you can hide a lot of that with just like mm-hmm. covering it in like really crappy vhs overlay yeah. and it, it honestly kind of works you get it works. I, I feel is is it crt the effect that they kind of put on it or is it is that a different is that a different thing because there's kind of like some some fuzziness to it and i feel like crt had some some fuzz in the way that um the way that the, the image comes through Ah, that's a good question. I didn't look too far into the specifics of what they applied, but CRT is kind of like the right vibe, if not that specific uh, distortion. Um, That's the right, like, look. Gotcha. Yeah, but it's it's a cool it's a cool trick to to hide some of the what what they lack in in FX budget. But then also it's just it's it's good 80s flavor. Yeah. It adds some fun texture to the movie, which is important because when you have a full, nearly fully CG movie, you need texture added in artificially yeah. or else it looks questionable. Um, not to be too topical, but this is a lot of the problems that I think are arising with like the Spider-Man No Way Home shots that have been going around on Twitter. It's like, oh, yeah, there's no texture in that image. And that's <laughs> part of the problem. Kung Fury goes with Hackerman to his, I don't know, hacking lab yeah. <laughs> room full I, I of large that on the door to, to Hackerman's little closet, there's a little post-it note that says AFK. I only caught that on this <laughs> on this watch through. <laughs> nice. Yeah. I love how detailed all these backgrounds are because they are, for yeah, the most part, seriously. like nearly entirely CG, but there's a lot yeah. of like care that went into the design of the different spaces that we're in. There's yeah. always something interesting to look at. They packed yes. a lot into 30 yeah, minutes. for sure. Yeah, I mean, this this movie, in terms of, like, its time, it's, like, someone who was less committed to the vision could have made this, like, a full feature-length movie, but the yeah. commitment to just carve off, like, there's no fat on this movie at all. There's so much <laughs> in every single minute of film, and similarly, like, every single shot, it's not like every frame of painting, like, every shot is not a, a gorgeous <laughs> work of, of cinematic art, but, like, every shot has some detail in it that you can mm-hmm. either appreciate or, or laugh at or, or, or something. Yeah. Inside the lab, they trace the call and learn 
they confirm what we learned earlier. Uh, it was from Hitler, the worst criminal of all time. And then we sort of get the alternate history take on World War II in this universe. Um, yeah. It's like, he's the greatest <laughs> criminal of all time. And Hackerman's like, you know him, sir? It's like, what do the Excuse? people of Miami in 1985 know or not know about Hitler? <laughs> uh, but Kung Fury explains Hitler was a Kung Fu champion, changing his name to Kung Fuhrer. Uh <laughs> God. Uh, and he wanted to fulfill the prophecy himself, conducting uh, kung fu experiments for years with no success until one day he mysteriously disappeared until now, reappearing in 1985 Miami. Kung Fury posits that he must have disappeared when he time traveled to get to this modern day, modern in big old air quotes, uh, so he could kill the chosen one and become the chosen one himself. Hackerman asks what Kung Fury is going to do about that, and of course he replies with, his job. Yep. Uh, he's going to go <laughs> back in time to Nazi Germany and kill Hitler once and for all. Only snag, he needs some sort of time machine. <laughs> Luckily, after some considerations, Hackerman has after a little bit of techno babble sec- that Not even help. five seconds of thinking. <laughs> Hackerman just like kind of puts his hand up to his chin, and he's like, I've got it. And, like As soon as his hand touches his chin, Everyone the thought is complete. Everyone knows the hand on the chin is the, the way to make your brain waves go faster. This, this is the thinking <laughs> pose for the masters. <laughs> but he's got some techno babble that can help. He's going to hack Kung Fury back in time, just like a time machine and i'm like okay if you need to quantify it with like a time machine you could just call it a time machine <laughs> you don't have to say which, which establishes like that time machines are kind of a known quantity in this universe <laughs> otherwise that's great it's someone says the line it's hacking time and we jump into a power glove filled hacking montage he puts yeah, on the power Atari glove and everything glove. it's incredible <laughs> he makes a keyboard with like a flat surface attached to it for kung fury to stand on in a in a base game waiting pose uh idle animation as Hackerman inputs e equals mc cubed <laughs> yeah yeah when, when the loading bar goes complete e equals mc squared goes to cubed and while he's typing there's like action shots of him typing and one that's just literally like him like raising and lowering his fingers like yep. in a sine wave kind of thing like he's not actually <laughs> typing letters his hands are barely touching the keyboard but it's it's like one very obvious shot of him fake typing it's like it just the, comes at the exact right moment it's the perfect uh parody of any like high level hacking scene in an action movie it's just of course yeah. it's nonsense. Of course it's obvious to us that it's nonsense because those hacking scenes are always nonsense. Yeah. No one hacks at that level. It's not you're not hacking like that, bro. Yeah. <laughs> so I feel like this is the closest the they get to works. like winking at the audience where it's it's very obvious that that hacker man is just like his hands <laughs> are just kind of like flapping on the yeah. keyboard. But even that kind of works cuz like what if that's his strategy? What if that's yeah, why that's he's so style. good? <laughs> that's why he's the hacker man, you know? Yeah. Um, he also has a prompt that shows up on screen that says, you're about to hack time, continue, yes, no, which of course he clicks yes to, which implies that this is like, not only is he hacking time, but this is a thing that you can learn to do in like your comp side class here, yeah. you know? <laughs> this is yeah. a prompt that the computer's got built in. Um, that's why Hackerman uses Linux. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Kung Fury is pulled into cyberspace as Hackerman continues to hack away, but oh no, he's hacking too much time as we watch as the time hacked meter just starts flying by, uh, and his like, and it's sort of like a video game crashing. The screen goes black, and as we fade up from it, 
pan, we pan over uh, picturesque mountains and lakes as Kung Fury is deposited into the distant past uh, and quickly is approached by a raptor who uses its laser eyes to blow up his keyboard-skateboard combo, which, of course, prompts Kung Fury to help us, the audience, understand what we're seeing with the line, fuck, that's a laser raptor. Um, it looks <laughs> like the raptor... of course he knows. <laughs> of course he knows. <laughs> it looks like the raptor and Kung Fury are about to face off, but before Kung Fury even throws a punch, a machine gun-wielding barbarian chick riding on a wolf, Barbariana, arrives, and her theme song is so good. <laughs> she has it's a whole good. sing... Um, it yeah. sounds like a like an Aerosmith she. song. It's awesome. Yeah, <laughs> and it is available on like Spotify and YouTube and oh, stuff. Really? So if you want to just go listen to the Barbariana track, you can. Oh. It's like a full version. I highly recommend. Oh wow, I did not um, know that. <laughs> it was on my gym playlist for a while. <laughs> Perfect. Kung Fury asks her what year it is, and she explains that they're in the Viking Age. Which um, yellow Ludo history don't come for us. This is an adventure of the movie. We're not here to debate the historical accuracy of the Viking Age of Kung yeah, it's Fury. It's like, oh god, that was like only a thousand years ago. <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> like the thought that like, oh, because then Kung Fury's response is that explains the laser raptor. Fuck, but it's in his head. It's only thoughts, and you see the moment that he says fuck, because like his neck muscles tense up, and like he kind of like like lowers his head a little bit like fuck is he saying it to himself yep. the timing is, is obviously very well acted but the thought that it's like oh yeah the viking age of course famous for its laser rafters thousands of years ago yet in the year like 800 <laughs> where they had chain guns I, it's just yes. such it's like it's total like 80s like rock opera pulp. oh yeah yeah it's just like yeah, yeah it's an, whatever it's taken off of, an image of course. taken straight off the side of someone's airbrushed van you know yeah <laughs> this, this is just the yeah, rule of, of course cool all the way the down. viking age totally explains the laser raptor yeah no 100 yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> he went too far back in time Barbariana's like, you gotta get out of this valley, dude. It's crawling with laser raptors. Uh, follow Katana. She'll take you to the gods drop. Uh, and we then cut to a shot that no one else is standing in of just Katana, who is a blonde version of Barbariana, uh, who offers to give Kung Fury a ride to Asgard. But on, on what? On what could they possibly ride to Asgard? A T-Rex, of course. <laughs> Fucking T-Rex. <laughs> and then we watch the T-Rex run across the landscape as uh, rock and roll blares in the background. That's definitely the <laughs> worst CGI'd shot in the film. Like, the T-Rex, <laughs> like, even with the thing, like, the T-Rex is like, oh boy, yeah, that that's some CG, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I think what kills it is a little bit of the people sitting on the back of the T-Rex, because it's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, you're pretty close, but it's, obviously they weren't sitting on. <laughs> on a real yeah. T-Rex. The keyframing could be have impossible. been a little tighter. <laughs> but it it's still like, looks it, pretty good, but compared yeah. to the rest of the movie, it's not even close. Yeah, it, 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 it looks worse than the rest of the movie, even though it still probably looks way better than any T-Rex they could have actually gotten in an 80s oh, yeah. movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Like, Except you've for seen the old Clash Park, of the Titans you, you where it's like, I love you. it's a guy with a sock puppet <laughs> and just like munches <laughs> some fake skeletons. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's an improvement yeah. from that. Yeah. Once they reach the gods drop, they sit <laughs> they sit and look over the lake. Katana asking who he is and Kung Fury kind of explaining his deal again. I'm like, he's like, I'm a cop from the future. I was sent back in time to kill Hitler who went too far, but I went too far back in time by mistake. Okay, great. We're up to speed. Katana's like, I know someone who can, might be able to help you with that whole situation and yells out over the lake for Thor who then appears before them, just a massive um, 
bemuscled man flexing. We get a close-up shot of his pecs flexing. Uh, he's as tall as the mountain. <laughs> he's as tall as the mountain. And he requests when he arrives into the lake that they say hello and also check out his pecs, which, of course, as Kung Fury tells us, are, in fact, epic. Your pecs are epic. Thanks, bro. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I like this uh, take on Thor because he's like full gym bro, and I think that's very funny. Yeah. I know that that's not um, mythologically accurate, but it is entertaining. <laughs> spirit of the law <laughs> yeah <laughs> honestly it, fit, it 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 is very consistent with what this movie would make thor look like oh, so yeah. it's like this is very much in a sort of like 80s interpretation of thor like total gym bro mm-hmm. absolutely mm-hmm. like buff to to hell and back <laughs> yeah no very, very yeah. consistent <laughs> it fits uh, yeah. kung fury begins to ask thor for help with the whole time travel thing but thor just yells stop Hammer time. And with that one-liner, creates a portal to Nazi Germany, helping him travel through time. Thor has time travel powers. It's important not to worry about this too much. And apparently knows when Nazi Germany was. (laughs) (laughs) The history that this world exists in fascinates me. I I don't know how to put a timeline together for it. But someone out there has to have, and like I don't. I what else has changed? What What is their version of like the nineteen? I don't know. Sixties. Like, what's their version of? I'd love to see a Kung Fury Cold War. (laughs) (laughs) Soviet Kung Fu Masters. What does that even look like? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. (laughs) Oh man, Kung Fury goes to step through the portal, but before he does, Barbarian asks him where he's going, uh, and he's like. You know what? Take my phone number. Nazi and also... Germany, you dumb idiot. Weren't you listening? Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. They do tend... There's not a lot of um plot in this movie outside of what has been said to us in the first 10 minutes or so. So yeah. they're going to do a little bit of repeating, like, what's going yeah. on. No, it, it, don't it, it's just very funny that, that like, because it, it's very much a film trope of, like, wait, where are you going? And there's, like, one last dramatic moment or they share a kiss or something. But the fact that, like, because mm-hmm. the conventions of this type of movie require katana to ask that question despite the fact that that information was just provided mm-hmm. <laughs> they have to hit the tropes in they spite got it. of you that got, it's important yeah. to hit all the beats um yeah. kung fury gives her his phone number and also a cell phone which i wrote down exactly how he describes it because we go into like a infomercial in the middle of this movie <laughs> yeah. It's a personal transportable cellular telephone. It features 645 channel capacity, 10 number speed dial, and an electronic security lock. This revolution in communication could make it possible for more people to have a phone in their car. Uh, That's the best part. It's a car phone. It's a car phone. I don't have car. Uh, And then he steps through the portal, and before Why we cut to... Why did he bring that with him? <laughs> well, we saw him jump out of his car earlier. Maybe he just got stuck on it on the way out. Fair. Oh before we cut away from the Viking Age, we do get a silent shot of Katana and <laughs> Barbariana <laughs> holding the phone and just looking at it for, like, like a whole beat too long. And it's beautiful. Yeah. In Nazi Germany, two soldiers are sitting on a bench next to a tank. We go close up into the two of them having a conversation where one is bullying the other for his mustache to the point that one of them starts crying. They have the same mustache, though, because they're both like like Hitler stashes. Yes. One is is uh, the, the bullying Nazi is dark haired and the wimpier Nazi is blonde haired. Um, 
So, like, the dark-haired Nazi has more of, like, a Hitler stash. So he's like, oh, your mustache is embarrassing. You have to get rid of it. It looks ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then the guy's just like, no, this is an Ideski mustache. This is an Aryan mustache. It's like, it's it's good. And the whole thing's in German, which is actually a nice little bit of flavor text. Yeah. Um, but it's... <laughs> I, I don't even I don't even know what to say. It's just it's such a apparently the comedians are actually like two like somewhat famous huh. German comedians um, that they that they got for this. It's so completely out of nowhere. It doesn't <laughs> do anything for the plot of the movie yet. Yet it fits. And I don't mm-hmm. know why. <laughs> I would argue it fits because of the reveal at the end of the conversation where the blonde one is like, hey, wait a minute, where'd the tank go? And we cut back to the wide for the first time in like a full minute. And we see Kung Fury has arrived and is holding up said tank over them, which he then knocks down and crushes the soldiers, delivering the one-liner, tank you. Yeah, and you still see that like his browser furrowed. He's like, I don't know if that one made sense. <laughs> <laughs> Similar to the the knuckles. It's just that, mm-hmm. that hesitation, that half beat of hesitation <laughs> between tank it's and great. you. <laughs> He's like, after presumably 10 years of being Kung Fury, he still hasn't really gotten the hang of the puns. Yeah, the uh, you know, you can get all of the um, mystically imbued prophetic martial arts prowess you want, but that does not make you a, a witty combatant. You know, Spider-Man was delivering one-liners before he ever got bitten by that radioactive spider. Yeah. You know, this is... Kung Fury's been training for this. He gotta, you gotta put the effort in on both sides, the physical and the quippy. That's how you get that balance. And it's good to see him throwing stuff out there to see what works, you know? It's a very, yeah. it's a very relatable <laughs> comedic style. <laughs> uh, we cut to a large, I don't know, meeting hall where uh, Hitler is yeah. regaling his sea of conveniently masked identical uh, soldiers about how he's so good at Kung Fu. Uh, when through Kung the Fu ceiling... of all time. <laughs> right, guys? When... <laughs> When through the ceiling comes a a tank breaking through, flying, uh, and on it, jumping in, is Kung Fury. He's interrupting. Uh, I really like in this scene that the one soldier is so obviously, like, one one extra that's just been, like, CG added in multiple times. Um, It's just a sea of identical soldiers. It works. I mean, they did the same thing in in the Kung Fu dojo in in the, the, um, the... not the flashback, but when he got his kung fu powers for the first time, it's like it's just one guy that they just looped like a yeah. hundred times in that in that little kung fu dojo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it absolutely works, and it it's very like you know the the nameless, faceless goons that you beat up in the movie is like a very it's a stock stock trope in a lot of these yeah. action movies, so it fits in with the theme. Kung Fury approaches one of the soldiers and says that he's disarming him, and then, you guessed it, rips his arm off, using it as a helicopter blade to fly over the crowd. He lands into a little bit of a clearing, puts on his shades, and we enter maybe my favorite se- action sequence of the movie. Oh, it's uh, the best which one. Is, it's entirely it's so in a, a side-scrolling wide shot. It looks just like like a you know your Street Fighters, your, uh, your kind of classic arcade platforming combat yep. games. As Kung Fury fights faceless goon after faceless goon. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so good. The thing that works is that when he lands, it's side on. And then it pans mm-hmm. all the way across the whole sea of Nazis to Hitler, who's like, get him! And then it pans all the way back. So, like, it establishes the space. And then you just get Kung Fury yep. just going. And it's it, it's cool because you just get, you know, David Sandberg, who is clearly very good at these stunts, <laughs> just going off, doing all this yeah. crazy nonsense, backflips, spin kicks, all kinds of things. 
And, and the, the blocking of it is really good, too, because it, he t- takes like a little bit of a pause between certain combos and things, much in the way where if you were playing a fighting game, you might pause for a minute after like a certain action animation playthrough. Yeah. And it's a very like little detail of the, the choreography that really makes the whole vibe of the side-scrolling yeah. thing work. And that's, and that's physically like very hard to do from an acting perspective to do all those moves. <laughs> But to, like, hold those poses for just th- that little, like, split mm-hmm. second between going to the next one, it's, the movements are so clean. And uh, he's, he's an incredible fighter, obviously. Um, but the the acting on top of that is is really well done, because this would not have worked if the fighting was even slightly sloppier than it mm. is. And my favorite part of the sequence is he's doing all these spin kicks and stuff. And there's one moment where he just kind of like puts his hands out in a fighting stance. And then all these Nazis run up to him and just like bump into him and then that die. That is my favorite. <laughs> like they just the touch him and time. fall down. <laughs> yes, it's, it's very so like Tai funny. Chi. Um, yeah. Very, very cool. And the music in the background lets us know like this is Kung Fury and his element. There's no danger in this particular part of the sequence. I see Cleo yeah. has uh, awoken. I just saw two yeah, Cleo just, your just poked her, her, sure. her little head up, did a little shake to, <laughs> to wake up. She's going to go, uh, Cleo, you're going to go uh, steal some food? Scream? Oh, oh, big yawn! Oh, okay. No, she's just going <laughs> to do a big yawn. She might just sit back nice. down after this. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> uh, Kung Fury even skateboards on a dude for a little bit, like yes. kick, slip, and all, which was just yeah. great. Kind of ending the montage, he delivers another one-liner. You don't need that spine, it's holding you back. And then rips the spine out of a man uh, and throws his corpse up into the metal wings of an eagle behind Hitler. And as it falls down, it leaves a swastika behind. Hitler then opens said eagle to reveal a machine gun and starts firing as the music cuts out. And he manages to hit not only quite a few of his own men, but also Kung Fury, who falls to the ground. Is this the... Darkest hour for our hero. Is, is this the moment? I, I do like though before he opens up the um the machine gun like podium. My favorite line in this movie is when he says, "Fuck you, Kung Fury. <laughs> no one can <laughs> defeat me and my army of death." But just that that one line of like, "Fuck you, Kung Fury." I don't know how many times my my roommate, one of the greens at the time, and I said that line to each other for no reason. It's just like, <laughs> "Fuck you, Kung Fury." It, God, it. That, that line stuck with me for a very long time. The deliveries of a lot of the one-liners in this movie do really sell them and make yeah. them quite memorable for not necessarily having that much, like, there's not a lot of interesting flavor text going on. Just the no. delivery is selling the absolute, like, most rote uh, action one-liners in a really fun way. Yeah. Of course, now we have to beg the question, with Kung Fury down, who will stop Hitler and his army of death? As the Nazis cheer, a thunderous rumbling behind them draws their attention, and from the gathering storm, Odin appears. Not Odin, Thor, Thor. appears. Yeah. <laughs> it's not just Thor, he brought his friends with him from all across time. Entering through the time portals we saw earlier, the T Rex hacker man who hacks himself into a big robot. Uh, yeah. Made of lots of computer monitors. <laughs> <laughs> Barbarian makes and... a fucking Gundam. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I uh, his face is displayed in one of the monitor screens, so that whenever he has reactions, it's kind of like an emote in like a Stardew Valley type game where you're talking to a villager yeah. and like they have only like five facial expressions they can make and they switch between the still images of it. That's yep. how he emotes for the rest of the movie. It's awesome. Yeah. Barbarian and Katana are there along with Triceracop, who has a comically small pistol compared to the rest of the crew who just showed up. <laughs> Yeah. They linger on him arriving for like a second longer than everyone else. And you just see him like looking at all of the guys around him with his really tiny pistol. 
As the yeah. backup advances on the goons, we see them all handle themselves admirably as the fighting begins again in earnest. Triceracops shooting exclusively for the balls. Uh, the T-Rex like doing T-Rex stuff. Is this stuff, a RoboCop reference? I feel like I've heard that this is a RoboCop reference where RoboCop shoots everybody in the dick. Re- RoboCop re- recently, but I do vaguely remember that being true in the yeah. movie, so probably. <laughs> yeah, but that, my, the best part of that sequence is there's one shot where there's a guy like covering his crotch, and then Triceracop shoots his left shoulder and his right shoulder to like get his arms off, and then <laughs> shoots him in the balls. Yes, he's very dedicated to his bit, and you know we have yeah. to respect commitment to the bit here. In his very British accent, Triceracop tells Hitler that the gig is up. But Hitler activates his last defense, the Metal Eagle, which faces off as it rises from behind the stand uh, with the T-Rex. And they're gonna, I guess, rumble. Hackerman spots Kung Fury. (gasps) Oh no, emotion. He's dead. They're too (laughs) late. And we go to the inside of Kung Fury's mind where he's living out like an 80s G.I. Joe cartoon. It's It's insane. This this part is the most insane (laughs) part of the movie. Because nothing they have it. done prepares you for this to become a, like an 80s animated like dream <laughs> sequence. Yet, of course, it's of like, course yeah, it's... no, that makes sense if you're going to do a death sequence. Like, yeah, if he's Why going not? and like, journeying through the center of the mind, like, it should be animated. It, like, they got, it, they got a whole, like, mm-hmm. like, Swedish, I think, animation studio to do it. It's like, <laughs> damn... It's great. And the style is so close to like uh like a GI Joe episode. It just works really well. Yeah. It, the the style of art fits not only the animata- animation they're trying to imitate but the rest of the like vibe of the movie. Yeah. He drives throughout the I don't know, webverse eventually finding his animated self met by Cobra, who is a snake on a hovercraft of some kind, who explains that they he's been expecting Kung Fury and that he's his spirit animal. Kung Fury is in heaven, he's dead, uh, and even though this animated location looks so real, which is <laughs> it like, this so might be real. the real. <laughs> Cobra, like, looks at the audience after they say that line, and I'm like, this is the one part where you are winking at the audience about what you are doing, and it's, I kind of forgive it, because I do think it sort of works here, but it's, it's like the one point where they look dead, dead at the camera yeah, and well, say, yeah, yeah. Hmm. <laughs> Kung Fury is a police officer, and he needs Cobra to send him back to Earth pronto to. But specifically, doing stuff. his his police badge has, if you look, it's got sunglasses and a little drawn on, like like <laughs> Chicago police officer, like thick bushy mustache. Incredible. And I only noticed that on like my second or third watch. I'm like, what the what? <laughs> what am yeah. I looking at? But Cobra is like, dude, I cannot help you with that. You are so dead. Uh, but never one to let a little thing like that stop him. Kung Fury instead declares Cobra under arrest for <laughs> obstruction of justice. And Super You're Saiyan powers up. Law. <laughs> going to punch Cobra and instead falling back into the real world. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles falling through the sewer style to see that Hackerman has hacked away all of his bullet wounds. So I guess that is handled. Once again, the limitations of what can and cannot be hacked are not to be explored in this film. Hackerman should be, like, a Nobel Prize winning he doctor. He should be, like, a god. He should, <laughs> yeah. he should be Thor at this point. Yeah. We get a little shot of the eagle and the T-Rex, like, arm, little arm flailing at each other. Yeah, the eagle, the eagle has eagle tiny legs, the T-Rex, the T-Rex has T-Rex tiny arms, arms, and the eagle's, like, lying on its back. It's, it's very funny. They're perfectly evenly matched. Yeah, it's just, like, a brief <laughs> cutaway. And then we yep. go back to Hitler, now all alone. Uh, in a tense standoff with Kung Fury before trying to welcome him and his friends to Germany and give a little we're not so different you and I speech why don't we team up 
an appeal to the the heroes here um and the t-rex also manages to win its little spat throwing the eagle off into the corner hitler asked kung fury to join him they could be brothers after all it's almost like they finish each other's sentences and kung fury of course interrupts because this was the gimmick back in like 2016 and kung fury interrupts with of course balls what yeah uh, then he rushes up <laughs> yeah uh, he rushes up and punches Hitler in the balls, which gets a little cheer from Triceracop in the background, which is yes, my like, favorite detail of the movie. his gun up in the air, yeah. Triceratops <laughs> like, you go, Kung Fury. <laughs> you understand my bit. Um, yeah. We love a man with a brand. Thor goes to flatten Hitler with his hammer, and the eagle rushes over to cover Hitler as the hammer slams down on the ground it seems like it's to no avail as when thor lifts the hammer all that's left is a hammer-shaped indent in the ground uh it seems they have vanquished their foe he is gone for good um kung fury apologizes to triceracop after all he's the best damn partner he's ever had and they hug it out it feels like a little bit of a disservice to his partner who was like a father to him (laughs) yeah (laughs) exactly it's also very like the hug is extremely cheesy like they're standing across from each other and then kung fury and and triceracop just go like straight arms and then move forward and then like wrap arounds to hug it's 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 very artificial in a funny way (laughs) it works so well the T-Rex cuts to a shot of him and extols the very important message of this movie. Teamwork is very important. Yeah, the uh, one and only line the T-Rex has, because apparently the T-Rex could speak this whole time, but chose not to because it, because it wasn't thematically relevant <laughs> until the T-Rex is like, now I, I, I should I should put a little cap should, on this by... I should really bookend this sure conversation. the kids at home know what the takeaway <laughs> of this movie is. It had a big, very special episode energy. Um, oh my god. Everyone cheers, the day is saved, and Thor asks Kung Fury what he plans to do now. Uh, and of course, he takes the opportunity to try out one last little one-liner and makes a little joke about how all the- they better get back to the present because they've got a lot of paperwork to do. Everyone laughs, and we go back to Miami. Two days earlier, what? Uh, we flash back to the arcade fight, but this time <laughs> yeah, two we Two days stay- <laughs> earlier in the future. <laughs> yeah, is what the title card says. It's funny. Before we see Kung Fury jump out of his car, we sit inside of it for with him for a bit, where he tries to tell the car to open the door, uh, but the Hoff 9000, which is the digitized face of David Hasselhoff, who runs the car, Knight Rider style, we all, we're all connecting the dots, um, yep. refuses to open the doors for no given reason, uh, and they argue back and forth for a bit before the Hoff 9000 refi- reminds him that you do not hassle the Hoff 9000. And as they both laugh about the haha gimmickiness oh, of it 9, all. Oh, 9,000, you son of a bitch. <laughs> Kung Fury jumps out of the car and the fight proceeds as it did in the beginning. This time, though, we follow the boom box as it continues its epic journey to that alleyway, eventually seeing its the arrival in the future once again of this time not only Hitler, but his golden eagle. The arcade fight concludes, uh, but before Kung Fury shoots the machine, he sees a place where a bit of the sticker on the side is peeled off to reveal a swastika and flashes back to the fights in the past and all of the <laughs> far too... Kung Fury's like, where have I seen that symbol before? <laughs> he flashes back to fighting Hitler back in Germany and the previous fights they've been on and all previous scenes in the movie, flashbacks, putting all the pieces together. Whoa! We hear an eagle screech. We cut to a wide shot of Miami as flying over the night sky as Hitler on an eagle. And credits. Credits. Seeding the events of, I don't know, a future, <laughs> future I, movie. Because I guess the way that they constructed it, it's a time loop. So so yeah. Kung Fury returns to the present, 
mostly unaware of what happened because he the lack of his knowledge of what a swastika is means that he does not know who the nazis are and he doesn't remember what happened like a day ago <laughs> yeah so it's crazy so i i think the implication at the end is that the loop is reset um or it becomes the the spinoff for the feature length movie who the hell knows but it it, it then goes into the uh the song True Survivor uh, in yes. the credit sequence. Yes, which just feels like an appropriate time to bring it up. They did have David Hasselhoff make a song for this movie. Um, it's called True Survivor. And the music video for it is almost as good as the movie itself. Yeah, it's great. Highly recommend giving like, that a listen. I don't listen. know if that was like a stretch goal or what, because I, I don't know how much it cost. Because the budget for the movie, like what they asked for the Kickstarter was like $300,000. And I think they got like like a million or something. I think but they got like, si- like 630000 is what oh, it says yeah, on no, that, the that, YouTube, that sounds, that sounds under closer. the video. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so <laughs> they went through the effort to get David Hasselhoff and just they got him to make a music video. I think it's him singing in it. Oh, it's it's I him think, singing. It's, yeah. It is a David Hasselhoff original. <laughs> God. He sings the song. He not only voices the Hoff 9000, but he sings True Survivor. Um, it's insane. Uh, I <laughs> <laughs> he's really big in Europe for a while there, so I feel like this like because he is an action movie guy from the '80s, so it's not like yeah. a completely incongruous choice, but it is an interesting one, and I have to wonder how much of it was influenced by like maybe him having a little bit more influence over in uh, Sweden and Germany and yeah. like the areas they were pulling from for a lot of the Kickstarter. I think yeah, it's a great cause... choice because I went oh, down totally. a rabbit hole while sick one t- like one day in middle school and became obsessed with David Hasselhoff for like a week. And it's very re- fun, but did this yeah. not happen in college? I feel like I remember at least you telling us about this. I feel like uh, it came up in college because we okay, watched this yeah. movie, and I was like, I know a lot of David Hasselhoff right. facts. Would you like to hear them? Right, that's right. No, but I, I like the choice yeah. a lot. I do have to wonder if it was maybe brought on by a, a regional popularity because yeah. I'm trying to think of like who, like an American audience would pick for this it would kind be of like, thing. It would be like in 30 years getting Dwayne Johnson. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Um, which, as we all know from the song Face Off, he does rap. <laughs> have you he heard does. Face Off uh, Blue? I have not. Oh, uh, only one of us is on TikTok. I, I am aware uh, of this, but I have not <laughs> partaken. <laughs> that's probably for the best. Um, but that's that's Kung Fury. Nice, that's quick, easy, breezy one. Um, it's, it's so good. There's not an ounce of fat on the movie. Everything is completely in service to the bit, the tone. The joke, it is funny while also having genuinely really good action um, mm-hmm. in the beginning with, with the robot fight. Uh, and then a- again uh, with, with the big like, hey, hey, Marvel TV show. Kung Fury's got a hallway <laughs> fight too, assholes. <laughs> There's a new cop in town. <laughs> Oof. I think this yeah, movie but- is in a lot of ways like the a perfect example of what a love letter to a genre can look like because it's yeah. clearly made by people who uh, grew up watching this specific type of movie and wanted to make something of their own in that style without like completely just making another entry into that catalog of movies you know like if you yeah. grew up and you liked you know night rider you like total recall you will like this movie because you will see a lot of the tropes that you expect to see yeah. and a lot of the beats you expect to be hit, but it's a little tongue in cheek about it. You know, it's, it's aware of what it's doing as opposed yeah. to watching the original films that might've inspired it, where it's more of like, these are just tropes that happen in this genre. Uh, this is highlighting the tropes in a way that makes them entertaining and more comedic uh, for a modern audience. And also it's yeah. just a good time. Like there's some yeah. funny one-liners and whatnot. Yeah. It, 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 it's a very clear, 
homage to that that whole era, but it is also enough of its own thing that mm-hmm. it still stands alone, which I feel like is what makes it better than just like a slavish reproduction of yeah. some 80s property or, you know, or worse, what we see nowadays is just a reboot of oh. something from before with really no attention given to what made that thing special in the first place. Whereas this is like, this just bleeds that 80s camp and Mm -hmm. is so aware of what made those media properties, movies, and TV shows so great, yet is still confident enough to do its own nonsense. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, And it's also, I I always like this because it's sort of a good example of just how much, how far you can get with the passion project. Uh, It's just more of a commentary on like how filmmaking happens in the modern day. But like, you know, if you have something you want to make, go make it. You never know when you're going to be able to give the world its next Kung Fury. It's impressive how how much you can do with a small budget if you're willing to be creative. Because Mm -hmm. like, if, again, the example is like the robot fight, like, a less creative director could have easily blown like hundreds of thousands of dollars on making that an entire sequence, but you Mm -hmm. can make it for way cheaper, way faster and arguably more entertaining by just being a little bit clever with it and doing tricks like, like the VHS thing and kind of montaging it. And that's the kind of stuff you can do when you like, you, you understand this and you think about it and you lean (laughs) into what makes this thing what it is, you know, the cool stuff and the kind of, like, weird VHS, you know, jankiness and, and, and lean into all of that and, and just use it for for the project. Um, it's, it's impressive and it is very instructive, too, I think, for anyone who is, like you said, who's kind of, like, considering this mm-hmm. is kind of, like, you know, creating something in a space that's been trodden before by either movies or TV or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Um, but that's, I think we sort of jumped into this ahead of the gun for closing thoughts, but, uh, Blue, do you have any situation? I, I we've both watched this together years and years ago. Is there a situation yeah. you might recommend our, our listeners watch this movie in? If I assume that you're going to recommend they watch it, but, uh, yeah. you know, is, is this a group oh, hang? Is this a solo watch? It's, What's the vibe? It really is. It's a great group watch because it is so short. It, mm-hmm. it's not like getting like five friends to commit to a two hour long movie, which, which can be tricky. It's like, Hey, you know. <laughs> We let's watch. It's it's a half hour, in and out. Like it's it's shorter than most YouTube videos nowadays. Um, but it's it's if you want to like, I mean, what we did it for with fencing was to establish a tone. We did it like like mm-hmm. first month after after people joined the club. We're like, okay, let you know, we're gonna come to you know the 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 you know saber captain or team president's uh, house or apartment or whatever, and just like watch this movie as a gang and just have fun and just you know enjoy ourselves. It, it's a great group watch. Um, it doesn't really work as well if you watch it on your own because a lot of it is like being able to to joke at the movie, like yeah, participating the, in it. The oh yeah, yeah moment and the ha yeah. moments are better yeah. with friends. Uh, this movie it, also notably is available on YouTube for free completely. Yeah, totally free. Uh, that's where it was originally posted. So in another completely kind free. of um interesting note about it's distribute like it was a passion project so its distribution was just being available which makes yeah, exactly. it a very accessible movie so if listeners yeah. want something no, it's, for free to it's kill great them, if, it's if you're great curious option. just give it a watch it's it's half an hour it's it's some of the most fun i think that you can have with like a silly film because you're in and you're out yeah. it's great and then it's something for you and your friends to talk about for a while because <laughs> this movie like Every single scene has something that can stick with you. There is not oh, an yeah. ounce of fat on this movie. Everything is calculated. Everything is intentional. And there's just so many bits that there is almost guaranteed to be something that, that mm-hmm. you and your friends will latch onto about this movie. Whether it's like, fuck you, Kung Fury. 
um, or the finish each other's balls or whatever. It, th- there's always something. There's always mm-hmm. something that someone can latch onto and, and turn into like a little inside joke and, and a and small little memory. Done, you yeah. can go and watch True Survivor, the music video. <laughs> and then watch the music video. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, yeah. Yeah, no, this is a great group watch. Uh, we watched this as a group, and then I ended up going as Kung Fury for Halloween that year. So, you, you know. Yep. Yep. I think I Halloween also was costume. Kung Fury for Halloween that year. <laughs> I think that was, like, the, the we, joke is that we were both yeah, Kung Fury. Yeah, we collaborate? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, yeah I know. Um, it, was, it was excellent. Yeah. And, uh, uh, Blue, thank you so much for coming on for this episode. You kind of covered yeah, a lot of my closing you. thoughts I, early on. So, I think we'll just wrap this up. I, yeah, I, I had a great time. I, I think that this is, uh, with the exception of that one weird joke uh, uh, about uh, the police chief and the mayor, uh, I would say that this is is nigh a perfect film. It does exactly <laughs> what it sets out to do, and if you want to see what this movie wants to accomplish, then this film is, is functionally perfect. There is almost nothing that I would change about it. It's just, it's it's so good. It's so good. I'm yeah. so glad it exists. And I'm so glad <laughs> to have had this opportunity to talk about it uh, on the podcast with you today. So so thank you for having me. I, I had a lot of fun reliving not just the movie, but a lot of, of old memories with, with us yeah. and our friends that, w- that were, uh, were very special to me. Nostalgic for the 80s and nostalgic for what, like 2016, 2017, something like that. Yeah, 16, 17, uh, 18, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> the, the vibe. Uh, but yeah, thank you again for coming on. And uh, we'll catch you guys next episode with another thrilling installment of an unnamed movie that I don't think has been locked in yet. So until then, (laughs) catch you next time. Thanks so much for listening to this week's episode of Movie Struck. We'll be back on April 18th with another thrilling episode, but if you have any questions, comments, or concerns for the podcast before then, feel free to email us at moviestruckpod at gmail.com. If you enjoyed the show, please rate us and leave a review on your preferred podcast platform. And for more from our guest, Blue, be sure to check out the links to his socials and content in the show notes below.